Welcome to Women Who Kill. You guys, you know who I am. It's Kai. Our guest today, very funny guy, Jonathan Bradley Welch. Hey. Master storyteller. I mean, I do what I can. Also a giant. I'm hu- I'm a huge person. You can't see me. I'm so am, jealous. I'm enormous. Um, yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's tough being like my back hurts. You know, because I'm so tall. You have to so see the, the top of everyone's cabinets when I you see. use the bathroom. I'll be in a crowded bar, and I'll make eye contact with someone else who's tall <laughs> uh-huh. and don't want to, but everybody else is like below us. Uh-huh. So that's an uncomfortable thing because like you don't always intend to make eye contact with the people across the room. Oh, yeah. You know? You could also tell who's balding before they can. Uh, yes. Although they know. <laughs> they probably know. <laughs> you got to do the double mirror to really get it, though. You like, do. For the first time. You do. That's going to be weird. I take a pill so that I don't lose my hair. Oh. I'm blonde and I'm in my mid 30s. Uh-huh. And like by now, you think like, yeah, I'm probably go. Uh, I'm blessed, knock on wood, but also take that pill, so I'm kind of cheating. Oh, what's mm-hmm. it called? It's Propecia. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so it helps guys to, it like shrinks the prostate mm-hmm. as well, which is- a, Is that good or bad? That's good, because okay. sometimes in with men, um, that might be why they're so angry, um, <laughs> the prostate <laughs> gets inflamed. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's kind of a nice thing to just like shrink that down so that you don't, you're not at risk of other diseases. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So what's the bad side effects? Uh, well, not, and not to be like, it just sounds all good. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty good, but there's like sexual dysfunction that can come from it. Like you can like have poor performance. Some guys can. Okay. Um, I've been like, fine. Everybody, (laughs) everybody listening, I'm doing fine, but it is something that could happen because you're taking it, um, so much. And I think it's, it's like a 5% chance of that happening. Oh, okay. It's not bad. Yeah. But, uh, but it was given to patients who, um, had like prostate cancer. Oh. To shrink the prostate. And then they found that their hair was growing back. That's funny. So it was like, wait a second. Yeah. So now it's that. And now like keeps and hymns and all of those little, mm-hmm. um, the, those little companies are springing up and it's that. It's Propecia. Oh, mm-hmm. smart. Wicked smart. Okay. Well, speaking of, speaking of drugs with unintended side effects, uh, we're talking about today. We're talking about uh, Audrey Marie Hilly. Yes. She went by Marie Hilly. Mostly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there are two pieces of pop culture that touched on this case uh-huh. that that stuck with me. And that's why when we were talking about female murderers, she is my, I guess, favorite uh-huh. <laughs> because her story's so whack. But also um, she had a made for TV movie made about her uh-huh. and a great segment on Unsolved Mysteries okay. in the early 90s. Yeah. Was it uh, she was the one of the only cases on Unsolved Mysteries that was actually solved? Yes, was, like was that it, it was solved. Okay. And I think the reason why they put it on Unsolved Mysteries was because you don't really see a lot of women murdering people they love. Uh-huh. Um and so the mystery is like why would a mother and a wife do this uh-huh. to her family? And she was played by Judith Light she in the TV movie. By Judith Light. Yes. Who's a favorite? What I an mean, honor. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't alive to see it. We're going to get there. Listen. Just like. <laughs> I may have ruined. The way that, um, not to bring dudes into this, but the way that they had Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy. Right. I'm like so glad that he's not alive to see that because who de- you don't deserve Zac Efron. Come on. No. Zac Come Efron's on. a treat. He is. He's a treat. He's 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 a buffet. That guy. He is. He's a, a Bundy buffet. <laughs> he's he's gonna take that that role to like eleven. <laughs> and we are hearing a lot of people saying like, "This murderer's hot." I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, like they are a murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, Zach Zach Efron is playing him, but we'll see what the acting chops are like. Acting uh, chops uh, we know are really good. Uh huh. Miss Judith Light. <laughs> so um so audrey uh yes. slash marie was born in uh, blue mountain alabama mm-hmm. 1933 like you do back then she married her high school sweetheart uh-huh. who was frank hilly uh-huh. so she was uh, audrey marie frazier frazier her parents were huey and lucille frazier mm-hmm. and of course she she's born in alabama in kind of like a rural area mm-hmm. um and did not grow up with a lot of money Mm-hmm. From what I can 
kind of gather from the movie and from the Unsolved Mysteries segment. Okay. Um, and of course, married at 18 in 1951 to Frank. And they named their kids Mike and Carol, by I the way. I found that really interesting. Who names, who has a baby and is like, this is definitely Mike. <laughs> I know, baby Ooh, Mike. baby Mike. Yeah. Baby Carol. Baby Stop Carol. It. I mean, the 50s were some wild times. I just assumed that all Carols were born 40 years old. You know what I mean? Like, I would think so. Yeah, with a short haircut. Uh-huh. Yeah, like a sensible haircut. Because Carol's just too busy, uh-huh. and she can't. She she doesn't have time to blow dry. She just wants something that's going to be, you know, zhuzh it up and go. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike was the oldest child, mm-hmm. and he's an interesting character in this whole story because he's kind of the catalyst for why everything changed for Marie. But also in pictures, I kind of wonder if Mike is Frank's kid. Because he's blonde and he's taller than both of them. Yes. He was a handsome drink of early 70s water. Yeah. You know? He had long, flowy hair. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, very feathery. Uh, By the time they interview him for Unsolved Mysteries, and I think that was like 91, Uh 92-ish, again, getting back to our conversation about hair, that blonde hair went away. So, uh-huh. yeah. So that was what I, when I was growing up, that those were the role models I had. And I knew I really needed to take a drug or get a toupee <laughs> or something. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so Mike was the oldest. And kind of the story about Marie Hilly kind of starts with Mike when he was about 18 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he started to have these stomach ailments. And it was no one else in the family, really, Mm -hmm. but Mike. He was having a lot of difficulty with um, just, like, really bad stomach pain, really bad fever. And his mother was always there to kind of nurse him Uh (laughs) to health and make him feel better. And the doctors were like, it's stomach flu again. They were like, you're fine. I think back in the 70s, you would go into the doctor's office and they'd be like, listen, you're fine <laughs> everything's probably fine there's a lot of hypochondria i just imagine that being a really terrible time to be sick uh-huh right they're like have you been eating diarrhea why are you always <laughs> why, why are you always, always sick? sick yeah this is is there like and they didn't have any like medical texts or anything that they could look to they were just like kid you're fine uh-huh yeah they're like my grandpa used to take cocaine for this. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that was that was like before technology could help medicine, but mm-hmm. after cocaine. Mm-hmm. So what did you do in between? Mm-hmm. You just took like Tylenol. <laughs> I had a school nurse when I was in elementary school. Ice pack. Yes. Uh-huh. Thank you. I would be in there nauseous. Here's an ice pack. Uh-huh. Always just an ice pack. That's not going to be the solution to everything. Uh-huh. Uh, and I would, and I would also just be like, can you just call my mom, get me out of here? And uh-huh. she'd be like, no, just lay with this ice pack for like <laughs> a half hour. How did, did nurses even, I feel like you didn't need a certificate or a degree or anything. You, you just had to, they were like, the janitor position is full. Do you want to be a nurse? I think so. I think like it was usually a mom who had kids in the school system who had grown up uh-huh. always. You never had a young school nurse. You uh-huh. always had somebody who was like approaching grandmotherly age. <laughs> uh-huh. And she always, she just wanted a comfortable position with easy hours where you could wear scrubs and no one would question you. Uh-huh. And there you go. <laughs> school system's hiring. Go ahead in. Uh-huh. Yeah, you don't have to get dressed up. Here's a nice pack. So Mike, who... Um, I feel like was totally gay because who moves away to attend the seminary? Great question. Uh, he, he went and became a priest and then all of a sudden stopped getting sick mm-hmm. after he moved away from home. Yeah, he was, I think he was, they were Episcopalian. Mm-hmm. So he was the kind of priest who could marry. Um, I'm not very good with religion. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what's what. Oh, me neither. I just know that Catholics are super repressed and terrible. But um, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my God, you I mean, have Catholic it's, listeners. It's, it's true. I mean, if not the people, then the religion itself. Yeah, exactly. Like they kind of breed the ability for um, closeted men to mm-hmm. to hurt other people. But uh, in this case, Mike married someone, mm-hmm. and he he went away to Florida. Great place to go if you're running away. I guess from. an upgrade for Florida is the only upgrade from Alabama. That's about yeah. I mean, the only place you can upgrade 
like if you're leaving somewhere to go to Florida, uh-huh. it's like, oof. Like if anybody <laughs> left California to go to Florida, uh-huh. I'd be like, God, I'm sorry. But um, yeah, he was, I mean, they were, they weren't even in the Alabama shore area. Mm-hmm. They were like Alabama, like thick in the middle of Alabama. Uh-huh. And so he moves over to Florida and he started to feel better. 1975, I think, was about when this was happening. So Mike was in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. He started to really feel better by the time he went away. And when he went away um, to seminary, things started to get kind of weird at home mm-hmm. because Marie, like they lived a very comfortable life. Frank had a great job, uh, was able to provide for his family, but Marie worked full time as a secretary. Uh huh. So one of the. Even though she didn't have to. She didn't have to. And by all accounts, they had a, like a pretty good marriage. Uh huh. Um, whatever that means in 1970s terms. I think it just means that he wasn't beating her. Yeah. Like as a baseline. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> she, she didn't fear for her, uh, for her life. So things were pretty like on the up and up, but she was working full time as a secretary. And one of the like issues that I guess they had as a recurring theme in their marriage was uh-huh. that she spent a lot of money. Uh-huh. So she, she spent more money than, both of them made combined. Pretty much. So she would get into some like financial difficulty. And one of the ways that she solved that financial difficulty was by um, sleeping with higher ups at her company. For money. For money. That's like, insane. Like, y- you know, Marie, hey, um, <laughs> real quick, this is it's prostitution. Uh-huh. You know, like, I don't know if you know this. <laughs> Uh, that's what that is. But yeah, that's kind of crazy. So she would just see it as like a favor for a business transaction Uh and it would, and then she'd be able to pay off her debts. She'd be able to spend more. Um, but it wasn't like something that got her in the clear. She kind of viewed it as a source, like a side hustle, Uh you know, like, but her problem was she brought her side hustle home with her instead of, uh, having a, a a freelance location outside you should always have a separate home. location. Mm-hmm. Are you, what are you doing? Are you messing around on a spouse? <laughs> separate location uh-huh. if you don't want to get caught. Uh, but yeah, she brought him home and Frank came home one day and found her. Because he was sick. Because he was sick with a stomach ailment. <laughs> Shocker. Don't know what's happening here. And uh, yeah. And so Frank kind of caught Marie in bed. Not kind of. Definitely caught Marie in bed with uh, her boss. Uh-huh. It was at that time that he was feeling really tumultuous about the whole thing. Like, there, he wasn't sure if he could stay with his wife. Their daughter, Carol, at this point was uh, maybe, like, 11 or 12. Or, mm-hmm. no, maybe a little older. Like, she, I think she was seven years younger than Mike. Okay. From what I remember. Um, so, like, so 14, 15? About, yeah, about 14, 15. And that timeline kind of matches up. Um, with what I'm thinking, because Frank confronted Marie, went to go talk to Mike about the whole thing, mm-hmm. and said that he was contemplating leaving Marie. And Mike counseled him, being a minister at this point, mm-hmm. counseled him through it. And Frank went back home to Alabama. And when Frank went back home to Alabama, he instantly got very sick, mm-hmm. like painfully uh, like losing weight, vomiting, stomach ailment, couldn't get out of bed. And Mike at a point was thinking, well, this is actually, you know, my, my dad's 50 years old. He's going to pull through this or however old he was at that point. Not, mm-hmm. not maybe not even quite 50. He's going to pull through. He's relatively healthy. I feel like, you know, this is going to be the thing that brings my parents back together. This is going to be something that's good for my family. Ugh. Um, and he just got worse and worse. Frank. He got they they diagnosed him with hepatitis. Yeah, which I can't figure out if that is like a legit diagnosis, and he happened to also have hepatitis, uh-huh. or if they just misdiagnosed the poisoning. Because uh-huh. spoiler spoiler alert, Frank was being poisoned. Yeah, <laughs> by Marie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She because she was there. She was at the bedside. She was nursing him back to health. In the 70s, I guess, in the hospitals, you didn't have to eat the hospital food. Like, okay. you, could, you could, like, bring in Your contraband. Could bring in a Tupperware. Yeah, like, bring in some lasagna from home and feed your your loved one in bed. Uh-huh. She's feeding Frank. She is, like, by his side. 
He doesn't want to eat. She's like, you have to <laughs> keep eating. She's force feeding him. Yes. It's one of those things when like you go into someone's house and they're like, here's a, here's a coffee. I made it for you special. <laughs> and they just like slide uh-huh. it towards you. And it's like, that one's for you. <laughs> like, don't drink it. Don't eat that. There's something in it. Uh-huh. Frank in May of 1975, mm-hmm. I think. I yeah. Have it. yeah. May, May 25th, 1975, he dies in the hospital um his liver was shutting down things were going really he had pneumonia yeah like this was a very serious case of kind of everything in the body is just going south Uh so he passed away may 25th um marie said you know what sure do an autopsy that's fine Uh and it revealed um it didn't reveal anything of note except like there what was, they already thought. Yeah. Like he had hepatitis and so the liver was a, was a huge problem. And as a result, the kidneys, the heart, the lungs were working overtime mm-hmm. and were super inflamed. Mm-hmm. So they were like, that's what it was. It was hepatitis. They're like open and shut case. Yep. He's buried. Um, he... He had a life insurance policy. It wasn't a huge life insurance policy. I'm reading that it was. But I mean, for the 70s, that's decent money, isn't it? Well, I did a little calculation. So um, Marie cashed it in for mm-hmm. $31,140. And I think that comes to, I didn't write down what it was, but I think it was about 140 or 160000 That's okay. decent. That's okay money. Sure. You're living in Alabama. Uh-huh. If I'm living in Alabama <laughs> and you give me $160,000 uh-huh. today, yeah. step one, I'm moving out of Alabama. Uh-huh. I'm getting out. But like that money's not going to get you that far anywhere else. Right. You know? Yeah. But you can really like live it up if you're in the greater Birmingham area. Uh-huh. Right? I so, think so. Yeah. So she's taking that money and she's like, you know, spending, spending, spending. But and also, well, what is she, what is she doing with it? Well, she uses it. She probably uses a little bit of it uh, for, she takes out another policy. She does. On, on her daughter. On baby Carol. With a, an, an accidental death rider attached to it. Yeah. So that's slightly suspicious, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> uh, like I'm going to take out Ooh. a life. In- yeah. Like, does she take out a life insurance policy on herself? For her daughter? No, she doesn't. She just takes it out on her 15-year-old daughter (laughs) who's like a perfectly healthy teenager. (laughs) Um, It's not one of those things where it's like, I'm a single mother now. I'm worried because my husband died. Mm -hmm. I want to take care of my daughter. No. She she has a plan. So not that long after that, and Unsolved Mysteries depicts it as like the woman who plays Carol. I mean, I'm sorry, the woman who plays Marie who bears a striking resemblance to a boss that I had back in my early 20s uh-huh. named Joanne. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, is this? <laughs> I don't know who she is, but she does a great job of uh-huh. Murray. So she comes in and she d- does the quintessential thing when it's like, hey, we want to portray this character as being someone who is an extravagant shopper. Uh-huh. So she comes in with like 72 shopping bags and she just throws them down, pulls a dress out, and she dances around with the dress. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but she also was at the, at the life insurance store, uh, buying this, this policy. Is that in the mall? Where's Wait, I, it might be, it may be next oh, I guess to like, it's like a state farm office or something. I mean, malls, the, I mean, malls were great back then. Malls are dying now. So like now I would think, sure. Like uh-huh. put a state farm next to the gym, uh-huh. next to the play place. Cause nobody's at the mall anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no. So she bought a $25,000 accidental death rider insurance on Carol. Uh, and almost immediately, Carol starts getting sick. She starts experiencing similar stomach issues to what her father and her and her brother. And this had. isn't even an adopted kid. I mean, this is her no. real kid. Yes. Yeah. These are two children she birthed from her loins. Yeah. She fell in love as a teenager with Frank Hilly, and they built a life together, and they had children together. And and she just liked shopping so much more. <laughs> so much. Than having a family. Um, there are just some shocking things here because you can, you can kind of think like, okay, so this woman poisoned her family. It, I was also reading that there were other, like there was a 
little girl who died in the neighborhood around that time uh-huh. from like an undisclosed illness. Uh-huh. And they they exhumed her. They exhumed her and they traced it back to what Marie was doing. Because we're almost there with like what the thing is that she used. Uh-huh. Carol gets so sick over the months that she ends up paralyzed, temporarily paralyzed from the waist down. Mm-hmm. She can no longer walk. She it, She's just like... Um, emaciated and having a horrible time in in the hospital and doctors don't know what's happening. But of course, the money has started to run out. Mm -hmm. So Marie's writing checks all over town. Mm -hmm. The checks are bouncing and people are looking for her. So the police are looking for her on a bad check charge. She was also giving her daughter shots. Thank you. Injections. While she was in the hospital receiving treatment. And saying, my nurse friend told me about this. But don't tell anyone. You can't tell anyone because I could get in trouble for it. (laughs) It's that thing, like, (laughs) have you seen Leaving Neverland yet? Michael told the kids, like... I not only could I go to jail, but you could go to jail. Uh-huh. So it's that gaslighting, like we Ooh. could both be in trouble uh. because you said yes to this treatment. You said yes to this needle. Mm-hmm. You could be the one who's in trouble. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keep this a huge secret. The nurse who gave me this contraband drug that's going to totally heal you <laughs> could also get in trouble. Uh-huh. And so Carol sa- really doesn't say anything. Um, but she continues to get sicker, obviously, because... She was in the hospital for more than a month. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so at, at this time, the police are obviously um, kind of looking at Marie because they're not looking at Marie for any illness-related issues. They're mm-hmm. looking at her for the massive fraud that she is committing. Well, she was also writing bad checks to the insurance company. Right. For Carol's policy. Correct. So everything's bouncing. It's not just, a, it's, just it's just she doesn't have any money at mm-hmm. all. Mike confronts her because now she's putting things into Mike's name mm-hmm. and she's not paying on those either. So she's opening up credit cards and she's like putting him as a co-signer it's on It's crazy loans. how easy that was to do, to just open credit in other people's names. People who were old enough to say, I didn't do that. It's nuts. And he's trying to have his life. He's now married. He has a child mm-hmm. and he's living a state away from mm-hmm. his mother. Um, he, and he says this on Unsolved Mysteries, he goes to her house to confront her while Carol's in the hospital and she fixes him breakfast and she's like, I am not going to pay these things back. I'm not cashing in. Cause <laughs> she, she had like stocks and bonds from uh-huh. her husband and he's like, we're going to the bank if I have to pick you up and put you in the car. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's all the money I have in the world and I'm not cashing it in. But also eat first. <laughs> but here's breakfast, Mike. Remember how that is? <laughs> Nothing like a little of mama's home cooking. <laughs> He said that he had never been sicker. and But he ate it? He ate it. What a fucking idiot. If your mom... True. Absolutely. But if your mom also cooks you breakfast, maybe there's like a little bit of gaslight parenting where you're kind of like, I guess I have to eat it. I would be doing like I did when I was five, being forced to eat vegetables and spitting that shit into a napkin. Sure. Passing it on to the dog. <laughs> having you, right, like having you ever learned the trick of like taking a fork full of food, going like you're going to put it in your mouth and just tossing it over your shoulder real quick and then like pretending that you're chewing. Uh-huh. That's a very simple act. Go to acting school, Mike. Go, come on, take some classes at UCB. Learn how to mime some stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so he got really sick. And what I love about the Unsolved Mysteries thing and maybe like, Maybe the depictions of this case have peppered my um, my understanding of the case uh-huh. because I think it's so campy in a way. Um, he's confronting her and the camera's like really close on her face and the plate of eggs mm-hmm. and she has like a little shaker can of seasoning <laughs> and he's like, I'm taking you to the bank and he's standing behind her and she has a diabolical look in her eyes and she just shakes. <laughs> The, the salt onto the eggs, and uh-huh. it's like, that contains arsenic. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, There's not even any salt in it. It's just yeah. a full salt shaker of arsenic. It's just poison. <laughs> um, He's like, this, these eggs are disgusting, yeah. Mom. How come you never learn how to cook? But you know what? I'm hungry, <laughs> so I'm going to eat them anyway before a two-hour drive. <laughs> 
one of the things that happens also simultaneously to Marie's bad spending mm-hmm. is that while Carol's in the hospital and people are trying to figure out what's going on, the, the medical team, one of the doctors, and this is about 1980 at this point, so one of the doctors discovers that there's a telltale sign for arsenic poisoning, mm-hmm. which is a solid white line across horizontal across your fingernails Mm -hmm. that carries like right across your nails um so he goes into carol's room and sees that it is bold and bright as anything Mm -hmm. it is a white solid line across all of her fingernails so they discover that she's being poisoned but the police are uh, zeroing in on Marie and they arrest her on the bad check charges. They arrest her, but she gets out. Oh, yeah. What happened was she she was arrested for the bad check charges. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, she was already in jail for the bad checks. And then they arrested her again for trying to kill her daughter. And then also found uh, a jar of rat poison and uh, a vial with arsenic traces in her purse. Yes. And then... Somehow, they later released her on bail. How was, why was it so easy to get released on bail? She tried to kill someone. They know that she killed her husband. Yeah. But they're like, ah, we believe you'll come. Just, just make sure you're back here. I mean. For your trial. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, oh, do you have. We trust you. There's some good TV on. Uh, we, we, we you want to find out who shot Jr. So you gotta go home for the weekend. We understand. Uh-huh. No, I guess it's like I'm gonna get political for a second, but uh-huh. nice white lady. Yeah, you know, seemingly nice white lady. Uh-huh. Like we're gonna be really lenient on some of the shit that she's done uh-huh. versus like a young black. Like, youth. well, she came in and uh-huh. we interviewed her. She said, "Please." She said, "Thank you." She was a real sweetheart. She wore a blouse that matched her blazer, <laughs> and God bless her. She looked. I know that her shorthand is faster than any anyone else's. <laughs> like they let her do some stuff that you would never imagine uh-huh. um, a murderer in prison would get to do and then like somebody on a non-violent drug charge Uh is in prison for like 20 years without even like the possibility of getting out Mm -hmm. because they might get out and smoke crack again yeah or like or somehow maybe maybe they're gonna sell it but we don't want to talk about the economic reasons why um but you know (laughs) i could go on but the thing is like what i think what blows my mind the most about the marie hilly case is Mm -hmm. how um, first of all, audacious she was, mm-hmm. but how people allowed her to be that way, right? Yeah. Like, she murdered her husband, because around this time, too, they figure, so she posts bail somehow, she mm-hmm. gets out, she's out on bail, and she skips town. Mm-hmm. And this is when they decide to do a, a second autopsy on Frank. Yeah. So... The first autopsy found hepatitis. Now that they've found the arsenic in Carol's system. They they, know what to look for. Yeah, exactly. So they dig up Frank and they find arsenic in his body. They also realized that uh, that kid who died in Mm -hmm. her neighborhood uh, also died of poison. Correct. And then other, I'm assuming parents start coming forward and are Mm -hmm. like, hey, my kid didn't die, but got real sick after eating food at, 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 uh, at her house. Yeah. And also, who are I, these people sending their kids over to eat at the house of the lady whose entire family keeps getting sick from food? At the very least, you're a bad cook. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at the very least, this is like just not good food. Also, so two why? cops who drank coffee that she offered them yes. got sick. But she's a nice, blonde, sweet lady. So who are these? Who are these police? Like, yeah. ma'am, we're here to investigate uh, an instance of poisoning. Actually, several instances of poisoning. Oh, sure, yeah, cream and sugar, please. Thank you. Yes, yeah, sure. Oh, did you bake a muffin? <laughs> I'd love a muffin. Maybe I'll take two. One for the road. <laughs> Gonna bring one home to the missus. Come on. The other thing that they find is that um, because it stays in your system for a while, her mm-hmm. mother and her mother-in-law. Right. Both had arsenic in their systems. Uh-huh. They didn't die from it, but... They did not, but, but they had it in their systems at the time of death. Um, and it doesn't go away from the corpse, so when you do autopsies on these people... Mm-hmm. And I, it, I I can't remember if they had died or if they just tested them. I think they may have still been alive. No, I think they were. They, had they both were both died dead. already. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, because I do know that her mother had died before any of this stuff happened. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yes, so they found traces of arsenic. And then I read that there was another child who had died in the neighborhood that they did another autopsy on. And mm-hmm. they said, but she had normal amounts of arsenic in her system. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? what is normal? Uh-huh. Like, do we all have a bunch of arsenic in our system? I don't know. What's the jumping off point? <laughs> and where before, does it come from? Yeah, yeah. Was it just, I don't know, is it from like eating clay or something? I don't know. Who's cooking your meals? I don't know. Ah! Um, do you think that she she just kind of had a little bit of OCD, and once she started putting putting it on food, she was just like, can't cook without sprinkling a little arsenic on it? I guess it's like Mrs. Dash, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. Like, like, if that's your secret <laughs> ingredient, uh-huh. that's the thing that you're adding to everything, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, Kai, your meatloaf is so good. <laughs> what is your secret? And it's like, well, I use Mrs. Dash. Um, Marie Hilly, it's like, Marie. I'm so thin after eating everything that you've cooked. <laughs> What's your secret? Uh-huh. It's arsenic. Maybe. I don't know. There has to be something. There is definitely a vibe of like, once you pop, you can't stop yeah. with this one, right? Yeah. Like she just, she, it's compulsive. Again, it's, yeah, it's compulsive. It's audacious. It's like how you can't believe that this woman like just cannot stop harming the people around her mm-hmm. and has no remorse for it. Because she didn't have insurance policies out on all the neighborhood kids. No. So what was the point? They were just annoying. She was like, stay off my lawn. I'll keep you off my lawn for good. I guess I understand that. (laughs) (laughs) Kids are annoying. Listen, teach Uh your kids some manners and then maybe we won't poison. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like what is there to be gained? You Mm -hmm. know, like if you're doing this for money, what is there to be gained? You're only kind of shining a light on yourself if kids are getting sick after they go to your house for dinner. Uh Uh-huh. But one thing about, like, this cold, calculated way of being kind of changes at this point because she skips town. Mm -hmm. And a few months later, or not even that much longer later, um, a woman surfaces in Fort Lauderdale, Mm -hmm. like women tend to do. (laughs) They just rise up in Fort Lauderdale, and there they are. Um, A woman named Robbie Hannon. Uh She's... A beautiful woman with a beehive, uh, a cigarette at a bar, and a story to tell. Mm -hmm. And she meets a man named John Homan. And uh, she's telling him a story about how she's a recent widow. Mm -hmm. And she's waiting for the life insurance settlement to come in. But also, Homan is really close to Hannah. Do you think she kind of researched him? That's a great question. Before she chose who she was going to target? I don't know, because there wasn't social media back then. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you could easily Facebook But everyone him. knew who the town dummy was, right? Well, he was in Fort Lauderdale on vacation. Okay. So he was from New Hampshire, which is near where I'm from. Okay. So I actually know the town. New Hampshire's money, right? No. No? No. What am I thinking? Well, oh, I'm thinking Connecticut. Connecticut's money. Okay. Yeah. New Hampshire is like the poor man's Vermont. Okay. You know, it's like we're not we're not in Vermont. <laughs> okay. Um, but here's the deal. You can ride on your motorcycle without a helmet. We're not going to come after you. And you're never going to pay sales tax. Still. That's insane. It's nuts. Live free or die is their motto. So oh. they're like, oh, oh, it really is. Yeah. That's like funny. they're a blue state now, mm-hmm. um, but their roots are very like libertarian. Live free and die. <laughs> Live free and also die. <laughs> you're going to die because you're going to split your head open. Uh, so he's from New Hampshire and he's down in Fort Lauderdale. And it is kind of weird. It might be like, and she might have been like, what's your name? And he's like, John Homan, what's your name? And she's like, Robbie Hang. <laughs> <laughs> So now she's now she's Robbie Hannon, and she's about to get some money. Uh-huh. But she also and she looks great, guys. She looks really good, but she has brain cancer, and she's gonna die at any point in the near future. Uh huh. She just doesn't know when. Uh huh. She's not going undergoing any treatment now because it's like kind of just hanging out there in the brain is the story. Uh huh. So he falls madly in love with her because she is charming, she is Southern, and she moves right up to New Hampshire with him. Now, did she actually have cancer or this is her story? This is her story. Okay, okay. She did not have cancer. Okay. Well, she also allegedly uh, had a 
talked to John a lot about her twin sister, yeah. Terry. Dropping some hints like she was dropping that seasoning in Mike's <laughs> eggs. She's just kind of dropping the hints. Uh-huh. Um, she's like, yeah, I have a twin sister back in Texas, which is where I'm from, from a little town in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, she moves up to New Hampshire. She becomes part of the community. She gets a job as a secretary. Sounds familiar. Uh-huh. I don't think she got into any like <laughs> pay-to-play situations up there, though. Uh-huh. And... Her references were great. That's how she got the job. Yeah. Oh, she's really good. And she just calls them up and she's like, hey, real quick, I'm on the run. But remember that beach <laughs> that I gave you back in 74? Uh-huh. It was good, right? <laughs> uh, so she gets a job at like a local paper mill or something as, as a secretary. Um, and things are going like pretty well until she says that like her cancer has gotten to a point where now she needs an experimental treatment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just have so many questions about this. Like if you're married to a woman and she says that she's, uh, that she has brain cancer, but like you're, she's not going to the doctor. Yeah. Is she? Maybe she is. Maybe she's like. Leaves for appointments, quote unquote. Sure. Like she goes, um, but she's actually giving a handy to somebody at a paper (laughs) mill for for 50 bucks. Uh Uh, Liz Claiborne has a sale and those outlets <laughs> up in Keene are great. So, uh, so she, so she says she has to, uh, she's gotta go. leave town. Yeah. She's got to go. She has to go to Texas. Why wouldn't he be like, Oh, you're, I mean, you're my wife. You're sick. I don't want you leaving the state by yourself. Why don't I come with you? He was, he was all, he, he really wanted to be there mm-hmm. and he was pushing it. And she was firm and adamant that he not go because she was like, you you have to work and you have to do. And he wasn't doing too bad, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like he was financially, he was okay. But still, he had a life there in New Hampshire. So she decided to go to Texas. Mm-hmm. He gets a phone call a few weeks later from Terry Martin, who is the twin sister of uh-huh. Robbie Hannon. And Terry tells him that Robbie has died uh-huh. <laughs> while undergoing this experimental treatment. Uh-huh. And he is heartbroken and he wants to go down and be in texas and see her Mm -hmm. and terry says it's too late her final wishes were that she had two final wishes (laughs) part one donate my body to science Uh the body's gone it's Mm -hmm. already in a laboratory somewhere at baylor university already chopped it up yep we've cut her up you can't see her now she's going to be part of the body's exhibit at some point (laughs) at the museum of fine arts Uh That's wish number one. Wish number two is that I, Terry Martin, twin sister of Robbie Hannon, Uh bring her possessions to you in New Hampshire Uh so that we can grieve together. Uh So she arranges a date to come to New Hampshire to make her travel up there. She loses weight and dyes her hair. She's so committed to this character. She's like... Jared Leto or Christian Bale. That's right. Changing that, but doing body modification (laughs) all for the art of acting. And she just goes as a slightly different version of her past self. Uh She shows up on John's doorway. And seduces him. Correct. They get into a relationship. Um, Do you think, how come he's not like, oh, oh, wow, that's so crazy that you have the same exact mole on your ass. Exactly. Or that you kiss the same way, (laughs) that you do things the same way. I have had, listen, I've had sexual partners who I can't even remember, Uh which is not a good thing. (laughs) But I would know. Like the way somebody moves, yeah. the way somebody is, you know, if you reconnect with somebody that you used to be with years ago, yeah. there's so much familiarity behind it. Mm-hmm. You married this woman uh-huh. and all, the only difference is that she's slightly thinner, uh-huh. still looks the same, same build, same hair, same eyebrows. I don't think the eyebrows changed right. and that's a big thing. Yeah. Right. Teeth, same. Uh Like, there are things you could have done. You could have gone to a dentist, capped a few. I don't know. But she didn't do all that much in order to change her her look, and she moves in with John. Uh She stays with him long enough, and he wants her to stay, so she moves in. And that's when everybody in town in Marlowe, New Hampshire, which is right outside Keene, 
Um, and that's in like southwestern New Hampshire, right by Vermont. So it's like a very New England, very small town. Everybody kind of probably knows everybody else's business. Mm-hmm. And they are really concerned because they know John. He's a very sweet man and he's completely being swindled. And they're like, this is fucking Robbie. This mm-hmm. is not Terry. Like, yeah. It's the same person. So they contact um they contact police people in town contact police or the fbi and Mm -hmm. she happens to fit the description of one of the most wanted fugitives uh Uh, so the fbi shows up they catch her in a parking lot and they say we have reason to believe that you're not who you say you are Uh and so they take her into custody and they say who are you and she says right away she spills yep audrey marie hilly that's not who they were looking for that's funny. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I don't know who they were looking for. That's so funny. But it's another woman and that's... Just a, another crazy yeah. white lady. And they were like, oh, but you did some stuff. Okay, uh-huh. great. Uh-huh. So we didn't get that one. <laughs> but we can at least Jackpot. kill this bird. Yeah, right? So they pull her in and uh, she goes on trial for the murder of her husband uh-huh. and the attempted murder of her daughter. And her daughter has to testify. Her son has to testify. Like, it is... A whole thing. Uh-huh. At this point, John Homan knows the story. He has found out that this woman faked her own death, mm-hmm. uh, came back as her fake twin sister, and that neither of those two people are the person that this person is. Uh-huh. And that person killed her husband. He's living in a soap opera. And he's head over heels in love. He can't fall out of love with her. So he's Even after the- learning all of these new details. Yeah. After all of that. So he pays for her legal defense. That's insane. Yeah. He stays by her side and his financial resources are being sapped by, you know, by trying to get her the, the legal care that he feels she deserves. Uh Uh-huh. Guilty. Like she's guilty. Uh, she got 20 years for trying to kill her daughter Mm -hmm. and life for killing her husband. Yeah. Uh, but because she's such a she's such a model prisoner. She's great. They give her one day passes. So the right? Okay. So like we were saying before where they let her out Life on Life in prison but you get one day passes? This was a big thing. To go wherever then. the fuck you want? Yeah. As long as you come back tomorrow? Uh-huh. Cuz you all because you like do what the guards say yeah. you need to do, right? It's such a weird thing, and it's something that we can't, like, wrap our heads around now. Like, we totally need some criminal justice reform in our system. But the fact that, like, 30 years ago, you would give... You would kind of put all the prisoners on the same playing field, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was like, that's a model prisoner. We're going to give them day passes. (laughs) And it's like, well, wait a second, they ate their children. (laughs) Like, so maybe you shouldn't do that. Uh Like, it didn't matter what crime they committed. Mm -hmm. Prisoners were prisoners, and you could get a day pass for whatever. Uh-huh. It makes no sense because, again... Like, you could just be sitting on the train next to uh-huh. a serial killer yep. who was good for the month. Yep. Who, for a Saturday, is just kind of out, <laughs> you know... Going to see a movie. Yeah. Or... I'm going to go to a Kesha concert. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Are you serious? Why are you letting these people out? So they let her out, and of course... John Homan stays by her side. Uh-huh. And he is the person who picks her up. He moved to Alabama. He did. To he, be with her. Yeah. He, and he, at this point, has just exhausted his financial resources. Uh-huh. So they're staying in a motel in Alabama, very close to where Not she, even a hotel. A, a motel. I kind of think that back in those days- Same thing. Only motels. Hmm. Like, the best you could do Mm. is a motel that vacuums. (laughs) You know, that's the best you could do. So they're staying in a motel, and he's like, I'm going to go out for a little bit Mm -hmm. and be right back. And I think that they had had a few of these visits. It wasn't, like, the first one. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, something that she had built up to. Um, She takes off. Mm -hmm. It's February 1987. Yeah, 1987. 1987. Mm -hmm. So she takes off. Yeah, because 1980, she's so she'd been in prison for maybe like five years Mm -hmm. at this point, because I think it was September 1982, um, which is when I was born. (laughs) So I thought about that and I was like, is that when she died? Am I reincarnated as Marie Hilly? That's funny. It's not. She died in 1987. 
because she. Oh, and I just ruined. The you know ending. who died in? Uh, you know who died <laughs> when I was born? Um, oh. the uh, Osho that guy. <gasps> oh my God! Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I could From totally Wild start Wild my Country. own. I could start my own cult. You could. I watched Wild Wild Country mm-hmm. twice <laughs> uh-huh. because it was so. It takes a minute to get into. She looks great. I love Sheila. I want to put her face on a tank top mm-hmm. that just says tough titties. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. And I'm going to wear it all summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out last year. But or a I'd bra. St- I still, or a bra. With that would her, be funny. With her face on each cup? Her face on one cup and tough titties on the other. <laughs> her face on one cup and, a, and a, a sound bubble on the other that says tough titties. So you know it came from her. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, uh, so she, she's sentenced in 1983. By 1987, she's, um, she's given a three-day pass to visit John. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's living in Anniston, so she escapes. Three days is enough time to... Be halfway across the country. Absolutely. You can be on a boat to Aruba or something. (laughs) I don't know. You can get... These are the 80s. You didn't even need to barely go through security to get to the airport. (laughs) Uh You could do whatever you wanted. Um, But she wasn't missing for very long. She was only gone for a few days. and Four days. Four days. And the weather conditions were horrible during this time. There Uh was a massive rainstorm that came through. Uh, Temps dropped down to the low 30s. Um, and she was found kind of wandering, uh, like aimless around a house, uh-huh. basically. Because when you when you have hypothermia, like she did, uh, at this point, you just kind of it's it's almost like a little dementia. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know where you are. You don't know what's going on, or 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 who anyone is. Mm-hmm. So she was just like very confused, um, and freezing to death and so they brought her into the hospital they knew who she was they brought her into the hospital and she died of a heart attack allegedly <laughs> she poisoned herself <laughs> she put some she put some arsenic like maybe a, a nurse dose. maybe a nurse was like i know who you are eat this yeah <laughs> have some soup marie you want some soup to warm up do you but remember she- my kid who visited your house once <laughs> That's right, because this is all happening right <laughs> in Anniston, Alabama, which is where she lived. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, with her family. So this is this is everything. So yeah, she um, she suffered a heart attack, fatal heart attack, and she died at the age of fifty three. So anticlimactic. It, yeah, it's kind of like just a sad, weird ending to mm-hmm. a life that spun up like a tornado. She didn't get to be a real fugitive. She left and was like, oh, shit, I didn't anticipate rain. I need a blanket? Are you serious? <laughs> I don't even think she had a windbreaker uh-huh. on her. I mean, the way Judith Light plays her in the movie, uh-huh. she just kind of gets frustrated and she takes a light jacket and uh-huh. just like runs out into the into the wilderness. And uh-huh. John, you know, comes back and he's like, huh, she's gone? <laughs> um, you know, poor, cell phones. Yeah. And poor, as an aside, poor John. Um he was in Alabama, did not have much money after her death mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and he died in a weird robbery at a motel um, a year later. So was he, did he, he was just killed. never leave the motel? I don't know if he never left the motel or if he, like, I don't, I don't know. He just... But the robbery he just like attempt. riding the rails and staying in, in motels. Guess, yeah, like just living the cheapest life he could. Mm-hmm. And a botched robbery attempt is what killed him. And I think it was only about a year or two later. That's so sad. So sad because, of course, he just kind of followed this woman around. But to be fair, if she had eventually gotten out of jail and had the ability to live a normal life again... Mm-hmm. She probably would have poisoned him because she had no more use for him. Probably. He ran out of money. She would take out another insurance policy. Sure. You know, roll the dice. Live, uh, you know, above board for a few years Mm -hmm. and just try to do things the right way. Uh huh. Be an upstanding citizen like she was in prison. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, you know, make a, make a pot pie for her husband. (laughs) That's going to send him directly to his grave. Uh huh. Um, one of the things that Mike says in Unsolved Mysteries, they, they show her grave and it's covered in flowers, Mm -hmm. like when she was buried. Um, so she still had friends and people in her life that, um, obviously hadn't seen her in a few years, Uh but they, 
that she was an electric person. And he said that she was the type of like magnetic individual who would make you feel like you were the only person in the room. Uh-huh. Uh, and it couldn't have been further from the truth. I mean, she was, if you could have a psychological diagnosis, you would probably see that she was a sociopath. But isn't that something that sociopaths are capable of? Mm-hmm. Is making people feel special? Yes. So that they can get close enough to them to get what they really want? Absolutely. And and because that's, um, you're, you're going to assign like a price tag over someone's head mm-hmm. or find like a value to that person. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're, that if you don't see that price tag, that you're not going to treat that person the same way. It's just who you are. It's the face you put on. Mm-hmm. You are charming as fuck and you are just going to i can swear right Mm -hmm. yeah you got that e on that podcast Uh okay so but like you know you're so charming and you um you know you you can make anybody feel really good Uh that's why i think a lot of people blame politicians and think that politicians are sociopaths and Mm -hmm. it's like no there's a difference you know they're just playing the game yeah they're playing the game and and so is a sociopath they're playing the game Mm -hmm. but the ends are hurting people. Mm -hmm. It's not helping people. Mm -hmm. So I think that was her big goal. And that was what Mike was saying. Like she could make you feel so special and it was all just a big lie. Mm -hmm. Now an aside, Carol is still alive today. Yes. Big old lesbian. What? Mm -hmm. You found out? It said that Carol is, uh, someone found out on Facebook that Uh she's uh, living with a, a female domestic partner. Oh, good for her. Is she walking? Uh, I don't know. I assume. I, I don't assume. know. That yeah. was one. That was one detail about the poisoning that just seemed just so awful. Mm-hmm. Is that like she poisoned her daughter to the point of paralysis? Yeah, that's really gross. But I'm really happy for Carol. Yeah, yeah. And I assume Mike is still you closeted. Know. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was Marie Hilly's like whole thing. She was just like so upset that both her kids were gay. So she's like, I'm gonna kill the whole town. <laughs> I'm gonna poison everybody. Everybody come over for a big Thanksgiving dinner. No one's making it out alive. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> I think she's also buried next to Frank. Oh, he couldn't even get away from her in death. But yay, Carol. Yay, Carol. Pumped and Mike. for you, Carol. And if you're listening to this. I'm glad you're alive and you're doing well. Me too. Yeah. And like the Facebook page. Because yeah. we know you're on Facebook. Yes, we know you're on Facebook. <laughs> like, rate and review too. You probably have an iPhone. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Kai. This was so much fun. That was episode nine of Women Who Kill. If you like the show, stop by iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. Really helps a lot. Helps new people find the show. If you want to support the show with your dollars, head on over to patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. Join the Women Who Kill Illuminati. Get access to bonus content, free merch. I'm working on some custom items to send out to you guys as a thank you for being a part of this five bucks a month get you access to all of it or you can give a buck a month if that's all you can give just know that helps a lot as well every dollar counts you could follow on twitter at wwkpod also on instagram at wwkpod thanks again for listening we'll see you next week